This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss of Rotowire. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use the code RWPOD, FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Dalton. Well, we're back, and we just had the Yahoo Friends and Family draft yesterday. You and I were both in it, and uh, how do you think it went for you? I, I, I like my team, actually. Um, it was a fun draft. It's got some quirks into it, a 1,400 innings cap, not a lot of bench spots, uh, just a 12-team league, so not as deep as it usually is. Um, much. Di- I feel much more confident than my labor team which by the way i already lost andre ethier for whatever 10 to 14 weeks and there's just no replacement there i love auctions but those only leads are just such a joke when it comes to injuries like who's going to predict that i just very frustrated with stuff like that so i'm looking forward to these mixed leads where there's actually some replacement uh you know some stuff you can gather on the waiver wires yeah but let's face it your team was garbage with or without ethier being healthy even if Ethier won the MVP, your team would have finished in, like, sixth place. I mean, people who aren't aware of – I mean, I know you joke, or, or maybe you're being halfway serious, but people who hear that are probably like, who cares about Ethier? I don't even think he was drafted in this uh, friends and family league. But but in an only league, I mean, you lose 400, 450 at-bats. The guy had, like, a 900 OPS against right-handers last year. It's a big deal because your replacement is zero, maybe 20 at-bats, you know? So it's it's totally different, those only leagues where there's just absolutely no replacement value. So I get why people like that, but – me, I'm, I, I prefer more where you could actually, you know, be a manager in season. Yeah, you know, in Tout last year, AL Tout, I lost Miguel Cabrera for, I think, two months and George Springer for, like, ten weeks on the same team. In AL only? Yeah, Springer and Cabrera. And you did what? Won the league. Yeah, no, that's really impressive. That, 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 that's, but say I wasn't in that league, but um, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's really, really impressive. But I got Correa for a buck. Uh, no right. one picked him up. It was when Lowry got hurt. And then I got uh, Franklin Gutierrez, who still, I, I think I should pick him up in uh, Friends and Family. No one drafted him. But that guy just crushes it. And he's sick now. But like, he's, he's had a big spring again. That guy hit 15 home runs for me and like 180 at-bats. 
So that he was actually very uh, instrumental in my surviving uh, missing two major bats in an A-only league. Yeah, I have to say that is impressive. Uh, as I'm complaining about missing on ETH here. That's what missed. I'm trying to say. Don't be a little bitch about it. Well, no, but you know what I'm saying in these only leagues. It's, it's bad, really, but that's the whole point of spread the risk is you'll lose – everyone's going to lose somebody. I mean, just be thankful it's ETHier. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, uh, every, I mean, every Carlos, March you, I, I draft all these teams, and it's always the beginning, and I'm always like, yep, a few guys got hurt. None are on my teams. Yep, I'm five major injuries. None are mine. But the music always stops for you at some point. You know, there's always – you know, in my labor team, here's who I've lost already in my labor team. Because we have a bet on this, don't we? Yes. Yeah, like 20 bucks. That's what, I'm willing to go much higher on this. Uh, oh, I'll go, I'll go big on this mixed league for sure. With yeah. You. For one, we're actually in the same league. It's kind of silly. You're an AL and I'm an NL. So, I mean, that's, you know, not quite as cool to begin with. But also, I just feel more confident. But uh, who, who have you lost so far? Okay, so I lost uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. I got for eight. He went for two at Tout because he's going to be out like a month. Daniel Norris is getting pounded in spring training, I got four bucks for him. He's uh, Henry Owens, who I got for two bucks as sort of insurance for Eduardo Rodriguez, is now looking like he's headed for the minors. And then um, Rich Hill, who I bought for six bucks, you know, all, all of a sudden can't find the strike zone again, which is what sort of kept him out of baseball for five years. So it'd be none of those guys seem that important, but when you have four or five of them in your pitching staff, it's bad. Agreed, especially Rodriguez, who could have definitely been a nice sleeper. Now, that's an injury, but can you really complain about poor performance on fringe guys? Well, I mean, you know, Daniel Norris was in the rotation last year. It's not like he was pretty much supposed to be in the rotation unless he imploded, and he's been imploding. Rich Hill was great last year, and he was supposed to be in the A's rotation. He didn't really have to win the spot. He just he was the number two starter entering spring. That's what I mean. Like, it's not like... But he was great for 30 innings, but he was dominant for those well, 30. He was a really, uh, I mean... Very, very rare case. He was I a mean, weird. He was a very weird player. And also, I can't complain too much because better that he implodes now than in my rotation in April. I know. I was just trying to make a greater point of yeah. just these only leagues where there's just zero people available to pick up. It's just, it's almost like a best ball league, but you don't get the best ball benefits. <laughs> it's just like well, you kind of do because it's so little maintenance labor. I mean, it's like you spend five minutes a week on your team, whereas like the NFBC, each team's like half an hour of, of digging at least. Right, yeah, fair and then these Yahoo friends and family league even more if you really want to get into it because those are you can change daily, so even more so. Okay, what I like about friends and family though is that it's not all at once. So like Sunday night, I got to spend an hour on maybe two hours on my teams, mostly NFBC. Um, whereas Yahoo, you may spend three hours over the week, but it's five minutes here, ten minutes there. You have a moment, you start kind of tinkering with things. It's just kind of at your convenience mostly. Yeah, and if you, like, get wasted on a Sunday night, you don't wake up Monday morning and you're ruined for the week. Yeah. You know, if you forget if, that one If you one don't week, wake up Monday morning, uh, then it's just not a problem, right? Right. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's just, you know, I mean, a lot of, it happens to a lot of people. They just don't wake up, and yeah, well, that's it. They, they're, their fantasy teams just are all on best ball. Well, they're not on best ball. They're yeah, just that's, on auto, that's... autopilot. And then, you know, if they do win, say if someone dies, like, mid-September – you know, I mean, I would assume the commission would have the decency to pay their family. Yeah, that's the least of your problems, I guess, if you don't wake up on, on the Monday morning. But my point is, well, if you I mean, have so you know, it's you know, most of your problems, because you don't have any problems. If, if you have a three-day weekend and you're having fun, you forget that one, you oh, know, one trans, that's transaction period. You're screwed for the whole week. You know, I mean, if if you if you you know on it that one week, right. you're like, that's right, that's right. So, right. yeah, no, especially guys, you know, us, we're in we're in so many leagues. It, it's right. a lot of maintenance. Right. It, 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 it is. It but, just has but, to be better baseball. I think, you know, like I get on Tower Wars. It's a great league, and I really like the guys who do it. 
But they have this one innovation league, and it's always this weird BS thing that no one cares about. Or, you know, they'll do OPS, which I find annoying because it just means all the power guys are, are, are more valued and the speed guys are less, which is already the case. So why not, you know, make it interesting and have a Ben Revere be a really seriously valuable player rather than ruin it with OPS and have guys like who hit 240 but walk to be more valuable. The real innovation that needs to take place for fantasy baseball is to make it super easy to manage, uh, but with, but keep its strategic complexity and challenge because the fantasy baseball is such a better game than fantasy football. I just, this draft season, I just like it so much and I, I just enjoy the whole thing and football's great. I mean, it's fun to do fantasy football, but baseball's such a better game. And the fact that, you know, maybe a quarter of the people who play football actually play baseball, it's because baseball's too much work. And there's, there's part of that you can't help, but I think a lot of the busy work could be innovated away. And I'd like to see Tout Wars or Yahoo or whoever, you know, figure out ways to innovate it. The NFBC does a pretty good job. They have some best ball stuff. But, man, just the more innovation to make it easy and just get people playing. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to argue with football. You wake up on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and you just watch – you know, so many games, you know, eight games at once and then five in the afternoon. It's just so much fun. But at the same time, so much more strategy in baseball and there are games every day. I mean, I like playing fantasy sports, so I don't have to. I mean, I love how it's all compressed for football. But at the same time, I also like a random Wednesday afternoon game when I watch my starter on the hill. You know, I mean, so it's, it's it. it I, I totally hear you. Baseball is I, I think it should be equally as um, popular. Of course, it's not going to reach that. I mean, the NFL is just a total beast right now. But um, I'm so with you, and I love these drafts, and, and I'm in baseball mode completely right now, and it's so much fun. I mean, football is just bullshit. I mean, it doesn't matter what running backs you draft. They're all going to get hurt. I mean, guys like Latavius Murray was like a top eight back last year. That guy sucked. I had him. He, he like, rarely did anything, but he just played all year. It, it was such a random, like, pick up Thomas Rawls. Oh, Thomas Rawls is hurt. Well, in the League of Leagues, we essentially punted football, and we won it in the 14th right. league. That's what I mean. It, it, was, it was so ridiculous. We didn't have a quarterback. We didn't have a running back. Calvin had a mediocre season. T.Y. Hilton wasn't very good. Julio Jones was pretty good. But and that was it. That was it. We that picked was our up only Jordan good player Reed. that we drafted. Yeah, we drafted yep. one good player. Picked up Jordan Reed. Um, right. Bought, right. bought Todd Gurley. Um, picked yeah. up uh, Cousins. Uh, traded Thomas for Eli. Rawls. Thomas Rawls picked him up. I mean, yes, it's it's crazy. Right. It's just it's just the draft. Like draft season is kind of ridiculous in football. Who cares? Who cares who you come out of the draft with? I did well in the Stopa League. Because I had Devonta Freeman, which it was I overbid Pete because I thought someone was going to overbid me, and I got stuck. He was he was your most regrettable buy afterward. Yeah, I wrote about how I regretted it, how it was a waste of money, and then the other one was uh, Cam Newton, who I kind of wanted him for the amount I got. I thought it was a good buy, but you know, it was like just if you have those two guys, of course you're going to be in the finals, right? I mean, it's like in a two QB league, Newton and then Freeman. I mean, the rest of my team sucked. I had Eddie Lacy and Des Bryant. It was totally random. The guys I thought were good and spent all my money on were terrible. And two guys that I kind of just got carried me. And that's why football is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I'll still do it. But it's, it's so much fun to watch, but you're so right. It's, it's, oh, it's a great – it's a huge rush when you're, like, you know, going to win ten grand or whatever. But it's not it, – there's no rhyme or reason to it. Baseball, this matters. This draft really matters, what we're doing now. So you like your friends and family team? I do. Um, let's talk about specifics. Um, so I picked fifth, which I thought uh, all the industry people, they sometimes don't like to draft a pitcher early. And I was hoping to get Kershaw, which in this format, I think he's so far and away the number one. I don't even think it's close. I don't think Trout or Harper are even close to Kershaw in an innings cap format where you know 
that Kershaw is going to give you a sixth of all of your pitching stats. That is just crazy. He's one-sixth of the entire ERA whip wins and strikeouts in the cap. It's, it's so valuable. He's such a heavy weight on the team. Uh, and yet, you know, three picks in, there was no Kershaw. Kershaw was still there. And I was like, come on, let's do it. And, of course, DJ Short, who won it last year, um, was smart enough to take Kershaw. And so then I was in pick five, which is the worst pick, right? Because who the hell do you pick at five? And I just thought, well, I could go Machado because he qualifies as short in this format. But eh, there's lots of shortstops late that I like, so I don't care about that. And then I was thinking, well, I could go Scherzer for the same reason I'd go Kershaw. But I don't know. The people are going to wait on pitching, and so there will probably be a lot of pitching values in rounds two through six. So I went with Miguel Cabrera. What do you think about that? Is that what you would have done if you were me? Yeah, he's fifth on my board. Yes, Miguel Cabrera. I understand what you're saying, that those top four, and you were one away from Kershaw, so I, I totally get what you're saying. But Cabrera, to me, is the fifth on my board, and that's whom I would have gone with. And uh, similar to me, um, I picked ninth, and um, it, the eight guys that I had ranked on my specific board all went above me, and that's not including McCutcheon and Stanton. I thought I thought McCutcheon would maybe go. So I was like, I'll take Machado, Donaldson, or Arenado, but – so, you know, I went with Correa, who's kind of a risk and not, not a lot of um, track record. And as you said, you know, I know you're kind of against the, the, the position scarcity, but still he's a shortstop. It could go crazy. I considered Scherzer, but um, I didn't love it. I don't love the ninth spot. I, would, I mean, I would, rather, I would rather pick fifth and Cabrera personally. Yeah, and it's true because on the way back, it's not like your pick was so much more advantageous than mine. Right. Right. So who did you take in the round, in second round? I haven't looked at your team yet. This is not my guy at all. And I considered uh, Posey, uh, but it's a one catcher. No, no way. Not even – don't even – he's, just he's like a catcher. third or fourth round pick in this Because of one catcher, yeah. yeah. So this is definitely a guy I've never owned. But um, <laughs> continue with the position scarcity. I went, I went D. Gordon because I think steals are tough to come by. Oh, big mistake. You want to do 100 on this league? Absolutely. At right, least done. 100. Done. At least 100. All right. I mean, we'll go so, more. So, so oh, now that I know you dropped to D Gordon in the second round, I'd go higher. Yeah, I mean, only hit three thirty-three last year with ninety runs scored and sixty stolen bases. Yeah, but the steals. Okay, so in one hundred forty-five games, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, but the steals are not worth as much as you think, and everybody's saying steals are scarce. You got to pay for steals. You can't get steals. It's hard to get steals. It's actually the opposite. When a category is scarce, you don't need as much of it, right? Because it, everyone, I, I remember, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Chandler. Somebody was saying, you know, pitching is plentiful these days. And it is. There's more strikeouts than ever. Pitching is plentiful. And so it's supply and demand. If there's a greater supply of pitching, the price should come down, correct? In economics, I mean, when, like, they over, when they over drill for oil, there's too much oil in the market, the price comes down, right? I, yes, I follow what you're saying. Yes, okay. So supply goes up, price goes down. So they say, well, supply of pitching is, is, is up. Pitcher should be cheaper. You should pay less. Supply of steals is down. You should pay more. Standard economics. But that's just not how it is in fantasy baseball. And the reason is, let's just imagine if food got really scarce, okay? There wasn't a lot of food. Everyone needs food. The price of food would go up, right? Right. Okay. But the problem is you need a certain amount of food to survive just anyway, no matter what anyone else is doing. In this, it's not absolute amounts of food that you need it's you just need to eat, have as much food you just need to do well in the food relative to everybody else right if food is a category you just have to you know do a little bit better than your neighbor there's no absolute requirement for you to eat so if steals are down you need fewer steals because competing in steals just requires less of them right so yeah, yeah every, so, sure. so you're only being you only need a commodity 
relative to the amount that's in the pool, relative to the amount everybody else has. But when a commodity is plentiful, like strikeouts or home runs, home runs went way up last year again. They were down for a while. Then you need more of it because just getting one ace and getting a few mid-tier pitchers, that was great in 2004. In 2015, 2016, you know, there's tons of strikeouts, and the baseline to compete in it is very high, right? It's not just, oh, I have enough strikeouts. I got my strikeout guy. No, now everybody's got lots of strikeouts. You need even more to be at least middle or upper middle of the pack, which is what you need to do to win a league. So it's actually the opposite. You don't chase scarcity. You chase plenitude or whatever the word is. You chase whatever uh, commodity uh, is most prevalent uh, in the player pool. If only I had gone after pitchers. Well, you did, did you go after some pitchers too? Yes, I did. Okay, good. But also I thought of power too. So not that D Gordon's a terrible value, but – I, no, I think, I'm, I'm in no way saying he's going to repeat what he did last year. I'm a little bit scared, but, I mean, batting average and runs, I think, are, are underrated as well. And the next guy who went right afterward, P&L, took Mookie Betts, and I kind of like him too. But, I mean, I feel like all these guys – hey, I, I'm not going to blame you for sale. I like where you got sale. The strikeouts are amazing. And, um, I mean, I like your team, to be perfectly honest, but I, I don't really see the, the knock on D. Gordon there. Does Yahoo not pay you properly to get a, a decent connection? Well, I can barely hear you right now. It sounds like you're underwater. And like I said, every time I do a podcast on Yahoo, it's fine. The only common denominator is, is, is your podcast. So interesting, huh? I didn't even have a problem with Barron's when we did it with, from the airport. Have, have, you, been paying, my, have uh, you been paying your bills, Dalton? Well, a lot of it goes to, um, to my family paying you to allow me on uh, SiriusXM, as you say. Understandable. All right. I think you're, you're a little bit better. Okay, so let's go to this. So you took... D Gordon, and you want position scarcity in the middle infield, which is the absolute opposite of my strategy this year. But we'll see. I mean, you know, you're just trying to get stats, and Correa could be a monster. I mean, I don't think, I don't really, I don't see him as a risk. I just don't. It's not like some guy who had four months of really good hitting who's 25, and we don't really see him do it before, and he didn't do it in the minors. This is an elite, you know, once in a generation prospect who was a monster in the minors, and in four months, delivered big time at a young age in the majors. And it's, this is not in a vacuum. This is a guy that the scouts agree with the stat guys is totally legit. He's in a good lineup in a good park. I don't, I don't have any problem with Correa with the first pick. Yeah, And to be clear, I would have taken Cabrera, Machado, Donaldson, Arenado over him. It wasn't like I, I must get a shortstop. I just right. thought that he might out hit Rizzo, right. let alone be as a shortstop, you know? Right. I agree. Um, okay. So you take Gordon. I take Sale. Uh, you know, again, this is a, is a innings cap league, so the strikeouts really end up being K per nine, right? They, they, we all get to the cap, and then whoever gets the most strikeouts is the guy with the best ratio, and Sale is as good as Kershaw at per nine, right? Yes, and, win, and wins per nine, too, just as we're talking about this. Right, and then the wins is not really that advantageous to be on the White Sox, but... But still, no argument with Sale, man. Okay, no, right. I, I wrote in my uh, my American League preview, if he moved to the National League, I, th- I think he might be my number one player. Right, he'd strike out 314 yeah. batters, you know, something like that. Yeah. Okay, round three comes around. I, I pick ahead of you. I take your guy, Bumgarner. I actually might have taken Chris Davis because, again, I think power is going to be uh, in big supply, and you're going to need a lot of it. He went, then the other guy I would have thought about was Springer. He went right before me. I took Mad Bum. You took Harvey. Uh, who, who would you take first if you had your choice of Bumgarner and Harvey? Well, we already talked about this. I, I have Harvey ranked higher, but maybe it's just me being, you know, I have enough uh, eggs in the basket with Bumgarner and I'm a Giants fan, so I'm not going to quibble there. I, I think Harvey's going to go nuts a year or move further from 
Tommy John, I think he's going to have a very good year, a lot of run support. But the Giants are a great position, too. AT&T Park, great defense. Posey, a fantastic uh, catcher to throw to, and a pretty decent offense as well in a bullpen. So I'm not going to argue against Mad Bum, that's for sure. Okay, round four, you take Syndergaard, who I like a lot. Loves, yeah. And especially guy. in this format, I think he's going to be incredibly valuable. And then I took Sano for two reasons. One, because I, I think power is very important, and I just took two pitchers, so I want to make sure I get you know another 35-homer guy, and that's what I see Sano as. I, just, I don't care about the track record. I'm paying for skills. And then also he qualifies at third, and I'm not a big position scarcity guy, but third base yeah. gets really shitty. Like, I don't mind the shortstop middle infield uh, choices late. But you get guys like Trevor Plouffe or Chase Headley or Nick Castellanos or Sandoval if he even gets the job. It's terrible late late in the draft. It's true. I, I'm not going to argue Sano. I think he's going to go nuts. I, I really like Sano. Okay. So we both got two hitters and two pitchers at this point, right? Yes. Okay. So who's winning so far? You've got Gordon and Correa. I've got Sano and Cabrera. You've got Syndergaard and Harvey. I've got Bumgarner and Sale. I mean, I think it's climb. Obviously, you have more power, and I have more speed and average. Um, uh, you don't have more average. I have more average. Yeah, I guess Cabrera. Cabrera. It's probably safer yeah. there. Um, runs, yeah. You, you don't, you don't, and you don't just have more speed. You have ridiculously more speed with Gordon and Correa versus Sano and Cabrera. It's tough, though, because, yeah, I mean, who, it doesn't really matter who's okay. winning at this point because, I mean, I have two different positions, and right. it's just it matters. It's close. It, no, no, yeah, okay. okay. Right. So round five, I take Chris Archer. 252 strikeouts in 212 innings last year. You realize that, right? Love Chris Archer. I mean, I, 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 I even have been a, a backer of Felix, but I've recently moved Archer up into my top 15 starters ahead of Felix. And especially in this format, yeah. I mean, I, again, I like Archer. I wish – I mean, hopefully they'll become some picks I can bash because I'm willing to, to make a sizable bet on this because I actually really like my team. But, but so far, yeah, love Archer. Okay. And then you took Puig – which I normally would take in round five, but I couldn't pass up Archer in this format. I thought Puig might come back to me. And then as I wrote in my write-up, I don't know if you read it, that uh, I read uh, it. obviously I talked up Puig. You have no mind of your own, and that's the only reason you took him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I never disagree with you right. on anything. Right. 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 You're a total coward. Okay. So obviously I like Puig. He's one of my favorite breakout guys. I haven't like 30, 15, 300. I just thought – I should I should have thought it through because with you there, I pretty much should have known he wasn't coming back to me because you would have had two picks. Before I, 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 I did a dissenting opinions article on Yahoo, right. um, and, and I really like Andy Barron's a lot. I'm not just saying that he's a colleague. Like, I think he's a really smart player. I mean, he won back-to-back our, um, you know, the Stopa League. Not only did he win it, but he won it with overall points. But he's like, not the lie on behalf of Yahoo. It's just tell the truth. Come on. Well, I probably don't want to get fired, but Andy, I'll keep my real opinions, but Andy. Yeah, okay. No, anyway, you know. go ahead. We, we but, love Barron, but, but what's, but what's said, his problem? You know, what's wrong with he's this? Like, he's like, you know, he's like, oh, people are paying that he's going to hit 35 homers. And I just don't understand that his ADP right now is, is nearly 70. What if he hits 25 homers and steals 15 bases? That's like a top 25 hitter, isn't it? I don't know what drug that Barron's has been taking. And he was – it's just irrational. He acts like a guy who's – I showed him the photo. Did you see that photo that I sent him, the Dodgers photo, where the guy is just jacked? I mean, the, the guy is 6'4", 240, and as jacked as like a 5'10", 180 guy, right? And, yes. you, and I'm like, you, you look at a picture of this guy, and you're saying he's not going to hit for power? And then Barron said, oh, are we going to look at pictures instead of data to see? You know, okay, whatever. Come on. This guy could hit 25, 30 home runs. Will he? If he's healthy, I think yes. But yeah. what I'm saying, he's like, you know, I just don't like the price. And what I don't get is. What price did you expect 20, to get? 
he could just go 25 and 12, and and that's way above a 70 ADP is my point. Yeah. Uh, people are uh, delusional about Puig. So, anyway. Especially if he hits, you know, 300 and bats in the middle right. of the He hits for average. Point. He hits right. for average. I mean, that's just something – that's a skill that he has. He'd probably get hurt. He'll probably get he hurt. He could get hurt, but so could anybody, and he's healthy now. All right. Uh, round six, so I'm fine with the Puig pick. You picked first. You took Kenley Jansen. That's my favorite closer on the board, actually. I took Kimbrell. Uh, I would have rather had Jansen, but whatever. It's kind of six and one, half dozen. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a guy that normally picks a closer this early, but um, it made me feel better when, um, of course, this isn't Pienau's fault, but he, I think it was something like 23 picks earlier. Uh, he, or something. It was an error. He made a mistake. And I wrote Just, up, he said, you know, look, you don't know when the closer run's going to happen. And it's true. You don't know when, but now that he knows, it was a mistake, right? He didn't know at the time. But now that he has the information. And by the way, I like his strategy, not drafting starters. There's a reason NFBC and labor have an innings lim- uh, minimum limit. And he did it again. He didn't draft starters. I actually like that strategy. So we'll see how that goes. But he won but the yeah. league doing that a couple years ago. It'll be a little different in the 12 team. Might be easier, but it might go the other might way. harder, though, because other teams can stack up a little more. Right. So it's, it's less thinned out. But Kenley Jansen is the number one closer on my board. On the Dodgers, obviously good strikeout rate, and then you got. So I felt better when you went. Kimbrel wanted to be me a little bit later and followed my my footsteps. <laughs> now, it's a, in this format, the closers are gold because innings caps mean they help you everywhere. Now, normally, and I don't know if people necessarily grasp this, but like in a in a regular league where there's no innings cap, you got nine pitching slots. And if I want to go nine starters, then my Tim Hudson would would help you more in strikeouts. Yeah, like if I have Ian Kennedy as my you know ninth starter in a twelve teamer, and he strikes out one hundred eighty guys, your reliever's not going to strike out one hundred eighty guys. If I get twelve wins out of him, your reliever's not going to get twelve wins. So I'm beating you in those two categories. And also, just it's not like talking about Dylan Batances as a reliever. Closers, you know, they typically don't throw that many innings. Like Jansen might only throw sixty seven innings. So even if a starter gets one hundred and ten strikeouts in two hundred twenty innings, that's helping you more in weekly formats. Right, you, you get right. So, in in a regular format, the starter is going to have a lot of advantages over closer. The closer is going to get you saves and probably better ERA and WHIP. But that hurts the closer because it's positive in a couple categories, hurting you in a couple others. In this one, they're actually helping you in strikeouts a lot. You get you know Jansen striking out ninety and in sixty innings. That's plus thirty over a K per inning. Right. That's a huge lift in strikeouts. He's only using up sixty of your innings, and you're getting ninety strikeouts credit for it. Um, and then even wins, if he gets four or five wins, you know, on 60 innings, that's a what? That's like a 15, 16 win pace. So, you know, the, the closers are gold in this. And P&L might have actually been right about Wade Davis, his value. The market didn't like it. That that made it a bad pick. But Only in hindsight. Only in hindsight. Only in hindsight, right. The market didn't, you know, follow suit. But, yeah, so you took Jansen. That's who I was going to get in round six if, if you didn't take him. When he was gone, I was glad that Kimbrell – one, you know, in my opinion, the last of the those are my top three right. easily. Obviously, yeah. leader closers, yeah. you know, was still there, so I took him. So, okay, we'll, we'll we'll call that one a draw. Round seven, I took Michael Brantley, who I have everywhere, thanks to Stefania Bell, who assured me that his shoulder would be fine. And actually, in the earlier drafts, he was even cheaper because uh, there's been good news since. He looks like he'll probably be ready for opening day. Yeah, exactly. Now he might be back ready opening day, and he's a great player. I, I bet uh, on the Indians at twenty-three to one to win the World Series, so I'm, I'm hoping Brantley is ready. Um, that no problem with that pick whatsoever either. I went Adam Wainwright in that same round. Was dominant after returning from an Achilles injury. It wasn't an arm injury. I know he's getting up there in age. The strikeout rate, you know, isn't quite error. 
First yeah, error. error. First really? error, yeah. I think there was a big drop-off after Wainwright. I, I'm not. I'm worried about Cueto, Tyson Ross, don't love. Error. I thought he was the last uh, Tier 2 starter. Not in this format. I think it, it, in a regular one it's fine, but in the innings cap, uh, he hurts you in strikeouts. I think he's going to help in wins, and he's going to help in, in, in all the other categories. But you might be right. I hear, I hear you about the strikeouts. I hear you. And yeah, the, I don't think you should have taken him around seven. Round seven's fine in a regular NFBC for him. I don't have any problem with Wainwright, the player. But, man, you just, you're giving away strikeouts, and round seven's still a very expensive pick. I hear you with the strikeouts. I, I right. totally, and I thought about it at the time. So understood. First mistake of the, of the draft. Uh-oh. All right, let's see if you made more. I almost took a – I was debating him and David Ortiz. Okay, and you took Ortiz next. So you could you could pretend you got Wainwright in the eighth, and it won't be as bad. Uh, but I, I still don't really – I wouldn't take him in the top ten rounds in this format. You get Ortiz, I got no problem with that. I think he's still good for 30-plus. Powers, an important commodity. There's guys like Rizzo who, you know, maybe not that much better than Ortiz. First base eligible. Right. He may, he may be just, you know, 15 points of batting average and 10 steals better than Ortiz in the first round. You know, so um, – I, I don't. Uh, I, I think it's a good pick. I took then, Kemp. What do you think about Kemp there? Yeah, Kemp was actually ended up being a little bit better than I expected last year. Kemp's fine. I mean, I would rather Ortiz, but Kemp, Kemp was, he a was fine. like twenty-five and twelve, and that park yeah. is now you know it's not death on home runs. Yeah, Kemp was fine. Okay, round nine. I had so many pitchers already. I already had Archer. I already had Archer, uh, Bumgarner, and Sale, and I took Lester. And I had Kimbrell as a closer. I took Lester because he should not have lasted this long. He is—he had 207 strikeouts and 205 innings last year, and he pitches on a team that should give him good wins per nine too. Yeah, I liked your debate with Pinal in the um, in the chat room. Um, can't throw to first base. He gave up the most steals last year from any pitcher since I think 2007. And how but, did it work uh, out for him overall in his stats? The end results ended up being pretty so good. To still, me, that's yeah. a point in his favor because it can't get worse, and it was still right. fine. It, but it could get better. Right, right. Well, I went with a similar. I mean, I went the same team, the the Cubs. I don't get why Hector Rondon is not treated as a top five closer. I mean, the K rates there. Uh, the Cubs project to win the most games in baseball this year. So I thought I got another top five closer. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I haven't looked at him that closely. For some reason, I think he's a little shaky. Like he could lose the job. Um, but, yeah, Pedro Strope's there, I guess. Yeah, he's, but garbage. I, he's garbage. He's garbage. I think Rendon's is getting totally overlooked. One point six seven ERA last year. Is that good? That's all right. How many walks did he have? He had fifteen walks and sixty nine strikeouts. And how many innings? Seventy. That's pretty good. That's pretty That's good. not bad. Yeah, Four he's only done it for a year, I guess. And so people wonder how much of a lock he has on the job. But yeah, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. You really need three closers in this league. You have to have two. But you'd, you'd like to have three. So I wanted to go get a closer in the next round. Um, but here, first of all, you took – I don't like Chu, by the way, in round 10. That was one of those I was debating numerous players. So who, who, whom do you think I should have gone with instead? Uh, another closer Hamilton? like uh, Papelbon or uh, my guy, Billy Hamilton, that I took. I guess with D. Gordon, yeah, you weren't really looking for Hamilton. I was not looking for <laughs> Hamilton with D. Gordon, exactly. Yeah, you didn't really need him. Yeah, it's kind of an ugly round. How about Carlos Martinez? Yeah, yeah, I've been pretty. I was pretty starter heavy. I mean, Chu, I, I understand what you're saying, but Chu, I don't, I don't just, know. I, Chu's not going to run that much anymore. The on base thing doesn't really help you much. He gets hurt a lot. He's not a massive power guy. I don't really see the point in round ten. 
And 94 runs scored, 82 RBI, 22 homers, decent batting average. Um, I hear you. I'm not, I wasn't overly excited that Chu lasted there. Let's put it this way. I was actually debating Curtis Granderson, and I got him the next round 15 picks later. So yeah. not in love with that pick. But Billy Hamilton, talk about him. Yeah, so I wanted to get a closer because you really need closers in this league. And it was either K-Rod or Palpabon were the next two that I really valued. And they went – Palpabon went two, one pick before me, and, and K-Rod went about five picks before me. And I thought, all right, if it's not those two, I'm going Billy Hamilton. And the reason is in this mixed format, you got to understand how high replacement level is. Replacement level, I think, is Carlos Beltran and Jason Wirth were not drafted. There's outfielders that can yeah. hit you 20 home runs and bat 275, 280 uh, and be productive in the middle of lineups. There's, there's no Bel- issue. I couldn't believe Beltran wasn't drafted. Yeah, I, I like Beltran a lot, but that kind of guy's going to be on the waiver wire. And there's going to be guys like last year, Mike Kana, Mark Kana had like 15 homers and eight steals in 480 at-bats or something. And guys like that will be playing full-time for three-week stretches here and there, and you'll be able to pick them up and, and put them in and then pick someone else up. Even if at the end they don't have 25 homers, they get you on a 25-10 pace you know, for the month that you use them to cover something. So at this point, in double-digit rounds, I'm looking just at sort of the guy's upper quartile season. You know, I mean, 75th percentile and above. I don't really care. Billy Hamilton could be terrible. He could go down to the minors. He could hit 200. Maybe he's not even a major league player. But what if the other thing happens? What if he hits 262 uh, and he has a 295 on base percentage, plays good defense, enough to stay in the lineup, and steals 90 bases? I mean, I think that is totally within his sort of you know 80th to 90th percentile outcome. And so at this point, I see him sitting there, and I'm like, I can solve the steals problem completely, even though I have other steals guys, and then trade him midseason to somebody who really needs steals. Hey, listen, I get it. I mean, it's round 10. I mean, I, I once thought he was worthy of a third-round pick just two short years ago, so I get it. I understand. Yeah. I, I'm kind of burnt out on Billy Hamilton, and I think he's just not a good hitter. But I could be wrong, and hell, even when he wasn't a good hitter last year, he still had 58 bags or whatever, so I, I, I understand. And he also could steal like 45 through June and then get cut. <laughs> That's right. fine with me. You know, That's good enough. You did your job. Now I'll get someone else in there. No, he quietly became – he really increased his percentage last year. Yeah, he, he's, you know, the best base stealer in baseball right now. Not just the most uh, prolific, but the most – you know, one of the best. Right? Maybe and like, as you mentioned, really good defensively. And who, who is Cincinnati going to play nothing. instead? I, I got mean, nobody. Right. right. And there's no reason to rush any of the prospects up that they have because, A, they're not that good, and, B, they're not contending. So they're not going to – they're going to give him as long a leash as they can to see who he is probably unless he's just so embarrassing – that they're forced to cut him, which is possible. All right. right. So I'm going to give myself the win on that round, although, you know, Hamilton may not even be on my team in May. All right, round 11, uh, I picked first. I took Glenn Perkins. I held my nose. I did not like it, but you cannot go out of the draft with fewer than f- two full-time closers, right? I mean, you have to have them. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, just uh, just real quick to defend myself. I mean, Chu is like a very, like, boring player, and I get what you're saying, but, like, I mean, he's like the guy, kind of guy who's, like, quietly, like, I don't know. What was he last year? Like probably a, he was the um, number 56 ranked overall player. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just like, I mean, I, I understand it's like he doesn't stand out in any category. Right. Same with like Curtis Granderson. He was the number 58 overall player. I'm talking about with pitchers too last year right. who I drafted in this round. 98 runs scored. Like he just, you know, 37 combined homers and, and steals. So maybe it's not the sexiest picks but those guys actually you know they they kind of get it done in rounds 10 and 11 yeah i might be giving them short shrift on the run scored cuz people don't really look at that 
but it's hard to get 90 runs scored out of your guy, right? And those add up. And, and one of my team weaknesses is going to be run scored. I think I made up enough power. It's easy to kind of get cheap home runs. And when you have Miguel Cabrera and Michael Brantley, your batting average is pretty solid. And then if you get Billy Hamilton, you got the steals. But what about the run scored? That's one of those categories that you kind of slip through the cracks if you go pitching heavy and think you, like, papered it over with enough power and speed. The run still matters. So, yeah, you might be right. He might be a good pick there. That's what I'm thinking. Same, same, with, same with Granderson. Very good on base as well. Right. Uh, right. So then the next round you can give me a hard time because this I probably could have waited. Okay. Um, you, yeah, you took Matt Duffy, who qualifies middle and third. And I like Matt Duffy. It's middle and field. That's it. What's that? The reason I did is because he was second base eligible. Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard to fill your middle infield, but he may be good. I mean, he may hit 300 with, you know, 10 and 10 or 15 and 15 in a full season in a good lineup. So you actually, I have to say, I was, I was giving you crap, but the runs category, you're doing really well these last three picks. Granderson, Chu, and Duffy is going to give you a nice base of runs, and that's my weakness. I may have to trade with you, but if we make a big bet, that's going to, uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, he, he, this guy hit zero home runs in college, um, so maybe he'll take a step back. But he hits the ball hard, hits a lot of line drives. Last year, 12 homers, 12 steals, 77 runs, 77 RBI, in fewer than 150 games played, and he's slated to hit third behind Panic ahead of Posey. Right. I mean, and he's, eligible at second base. And he's I about, mean, was he 25, 26 years old? I mean, he's, he could get better. So it's, uh, I, I don't have a problem to pick. In round 12, you don't sit there and say, well, maybe I could have got this guy in round 14. Because, A, you don't know that. Somebody else could have taken him. And, B, 12 and 14 don't really matter. It's not round four and round six. I was right? a little upset to see uh, Pienau get Pedroia like 25 picks later. I will say that. But, st- but, but still, yeah. that's, that's, that's well, what Pedroia I Pedroia doesn't run anymore at all. Right. And otherwise, they're pretty similar. But I will say this. I will admit this. I was very very close to going, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Gr- Gritchuk. Yeah, Gritchuk. Yeah, Randall Gritchuk. Yeah, that dude, uh, I think he can hit 25, 30 homers. Who you got to let the listeners know four picks later? Yeah, who I got four picks later. I think he can steal 10 bases, too. Uh, I, apparently, he's good defensively. One of my Twitter followers said that I didn't know if he could really play center field. They said he won a gold glove in the minors uh, and that he's their center fielder. So uh, that's good enough. He's going to play every day, and uh, he's the right age to get better, too. So, I really like that pick. I set out to get him. Round 13, I feel like I made a mistake. I, I took Kenta Maeda, and I really want to get a share of this guy. He looks really good this spring. He's in a great spot in, in the uh, Dodger Stadium. But I didn't really need a pitcher. It was just sort of like, okay, I'll just keep adding to it. And I really needed to get a closer. And Drew Storen, in my mind, is going to be the Blue Jays' closer. They didn't bring him in to set up. Even Ozuna, who's like 20 years old, said, you know, he has more experience than me. Always the guy who bitches the most has the leg up. I'm not saying Storm bitches, but Ozuna's not. Ozuna's not going to complain. He's going to be fine being a setup guy. I'm almost positive Storin's the guy, and I should have taken Storin, especially because guys like Odorizzi and Wee-Yen Chen and Drew Smiley went two, three rounds later. There's really no point in taking Maeda there. Yeah, I like Maeda, and also I'm not sure he's going to be a great strikeout guy either is the thing. I don't know if he has overwhelming stuff, but – I think he'll be fine. I don't. I don't think he'll totally regret it. But I. But I get. I mean, I should have taken the closer. It just. It was dumb. I just. I just hadn't got him anywhere. And that day, on the XM show, Jeff and I, the theme right. was players yeah. that we've out of our five drafts already. We've got three left. You know who? Who don't you have that you want to get? And he was one of the guys that came up. I was like, okay, here's my chance. And I was stupid. 
So what do you think of Justin Turner? I needed a third baseman, and he's the guy I've been, I, I landed in labor. And um, what do you think of him? I think he's a good hitter. He's hurt a lot. I don't know. He could be okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Right. That's fine. I don't know. I don't know what – you know, you got to regress guys who've done it in spurts. Sure, sure. To, to, to a little bit of – you know, maybe it was lucky, but by all, you know, by all indications, he can hit, and he's going to be the starter there. I don't think he's got any competition right now, so it's probably a good pick. Round 14, uh, you took Lucas Duda. I had my eye on him. Just I don't really like him, but – I don't really like him either. When yeah. the, the Q&A that P&L sent out, I said that's the pick I didn't love the most. <laughs> Whatever. I, I needed a corner infielder. I guess he has power, but yeah. whatever. Not yeah. not going to brag about that pick. You know, I, I was looking at him and Tashira. I was like, I could use some power. But then I took somebody who I did not need with Billy Hamilton, but fuck it. I took Byron Buxton. You love Buxton. I don't even love Buxton. I just love the idea of Buxton. The idea of Buxton. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I don't even know. I haven't really watched him play. I did read something a couple years ago that he can throw a football 70 yards. Uh, not that I don't know how that helps his baseball skills, but he's just a ridiculous athlete uh, playing baseball. And also Jamarcus you know, Russell could throw 70 yards from his knees. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell. Right. But Jamarcus Russell, uh, unfortunately had to play football. You know, this, <laughs> right, this right. guy's playing baseball. And <laughs> the thing is like he hit in the minors. This isn't just some athlete that sucked in the minors. And it's just some project. This guy was, you know, the number one prospect on everybody's board. And Mike Trout sucked in his cup of coffee too in 2011 2012 happened. And he just blew, you know, blew everything away. And it was like, Oh yeah, it's Mike Trout. One of the best prospects in baseball. I'm not saying he's going to hit 30 home runs, but he could hit 12 or 14 and steal 40 bases and hit 290, And just the light bulb could go on this year. He's 22. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me that he hasn't done it yet. He's not having a great spring, but it's a small sample. They got rid of Aaron Hicks. I, they very much want him to be the guy. They're going to give him a shot. And I think, you know, maybe he'll take advantage of it. Yeah. You had me really, uh, get, uh, I, I was down on him. You had me questioning that. The last second in my um, American League preview, I switched from him as my rookie of the year pick to a teammate, Jose Barrios. Um, but I can see it. I, I get it. I understand yeah. the upside there. I mean, who, who went after him? I mean, it's not at this stage. It was, you know, you're taking upside. Right. Conforto went, what, directly right behind him? Yeah. I would actually probably take that if, I, uh, if you wanted to bet on that. Conforto versus Bucks. And how about... Is Conforto, does he have rookie eligibility? No, he does okay. not. Yeah, the thing is, I would do this. I wouldn't do Conforto versus Buxton straight up because I'd bet on Conforto. But I would do Conforto versus Buxton uh, if one of them becomes a top uh, 40 overall player. Right, I get what you're saying. You just you say that. Because the, the whole point of straight up doesn't matter because Beltron's on waivers. Conforto right. versus Beltron is 50-50. That guy's on waivers, right? Top, like, top 40 hitter, you mean? A top 40 hitter. Yeah. Top 40 player. But I guess the pitching, that'd be that like would a top be pretty 20. crazy. How about, how about the uh, thing is Buxton's the only one who has any shot at being a top 40 player. Cause he can steal 40 or 50 bases and just have such an advantage. Yeah. I get you. I got you. I understand. Yeah. That, that's the whole thing. Like in this stage, the deeper we get in this league, that's so shallow. I mean, swing for the fences. So that's why I took him, even though I didn't even need his stats. Um, he could score a lot of runs actually, which would help me. All right, round 15, uh, I took you Darvish. That's the best pick of the draft. You Darvish should not be available in round 15. He's out maybe a month and a half. We do have a DL slot. We have two. And let lets me pick up another player in the meantime. Uh, and if he comes back in an innings cap league, I mean, it's just sick. Why, why would he be there in round 15? 
because people are afraid of the injury. I mean, of course. So what? I, I cut him. So he's so he's delayed. He sucks. He's bad. I get too many. Injuries. And you can pick up someone immediately who's right like now. as you said, very valuable on the waiver wire. Sure. If he comes back and he's himself, which there's at least like a forty percent chance of, you realize how crazy that is for my pitching staff. Yeah, no, that's a great pick there. No, no, no doubt about. He it. He should have gone to like round eleven. I mean, I, I just think people are not thinking it through, given how high replacement value is. Yeah, no, I like that pick there. All right. Then you pick J.J. Hoover. Um, I would neither uh, do cocaine with him nor draft him. No clue. I mean, we're talking about you need closers, so that's supposedly my 30. Currently has the job. He had an ERA of 2.94, 1.17 whip last year. Terrible walks, though. 31 walks is 52 Ks. He's so. bad. And I didn't back him up with Jumbo Diaz, so, I mean, who knows? That could be and a total And the team sucks, and they're going to cycle through five. I bet Singrani's going to be the closer. Yeah, it could be. I like how uh, PNL took my my guy Hunter Strickland a pick before a, a, a guy who currently is second or third in the. I, I like Strickland. I love it, but right. Yeah. So yeah, that might be a total bust. Hoover. Horrible. Yeah, your your draft is falling apart now. I wouldn't go that far. Let's okay. let's go on here now. Okay. Next. So you get Joe Ross, whom who, I love. I have him as a top thirty-five starter. You do. All right. I mean, in this league, it's he's a streamer type. If he has a good matchup, I'd use him. But oh, okay. Well, calm down. Tell me why Joe Ross is so good. I think his swinging strike percentage was 11.9% last year. He gets a lot of ground balls, 69 Ks and 76 strikeouts. Has a great fastball. Um, I mean, devastating slider. Uh, I, I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, he had good peripherals. I mean, the walks are a little higher than you'd like, but not terrible for a rookie. He's 22 years old. Yeah, could be good. How hard does he throw? 93.4? Yep. Yeah, it's not bad. All right. I can see it. I like him a lot. All right. All right. Maybe that was all right. I've written about him quite a bit, so whatever. I'm just going to grab him there. I knew, um, I believe um, uh, Mike Salfino likes him a lot too, so I I wasn't sure he was going to come back. And whatever, guys like Corey Dickinson, Dickerson. Oh, that's a waste of a pick. Why why would he even be drafted? Uh, Right. right. Okay, those are the guys that went right afterward. Yeah, I'll see these Escobar. I I don't even get that. All right, I took Mark Trumbo. He's terrible. I hate Mark Trumbo, but in that park, he should hit 30 home runs, right? I mean, why, why not? I have a weird bias against Trumbo. I don't get it. He probably will. I don't know. For some reason, that guy just literally never ends up on my team. I, I don't know why. Because he's a bad player. He can't play defense. But the thing is, he doesn't – he hits for average a little bit. I mean, not for good average, but he hits 260, 250. You know, I, I like that. He hits for average, just not a good one. No, no. I, I don't, that's yeah, the best praise. Everyone hits for <laughs> average. Uh, no, but in Seattle, he hit 263. Uh, in Arizona, he hit 259. He did have a bad year in Arizona. Uh, actually, had a bad year uh, with the Angels, too, where he hit 234. But he hit 268 the year before that. The guy hits the ball super hard. He's just got crazy amounts of power and crushes the ball. He just strikes out a lot and doesn't draw a walk. But I think he'll hit 30 home runs and hit 255. I don't think he's an average killer is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Okay. All right. But I'm not proud of it. It was just, okay, you need some some pop. Uh, I took that was catch- an embarrassing pick, but go the ahead. next uh, round I took uh, a catcher, Travis Darno. He's actually like my number three or four catcher on my board. And normally I just punt catcher completely, but you know, again, we're in round seventeen. I think he can hit twenty five home runs, maybe lead catchers and homers. Him, Mesoraco, I mean Posey will hit twenty one. That sometimes leads catchers. Um, I'm trying to think Wellington Castillo, maybe. There's only a few guys, Brian McCann, who are who are gonna, you know, be those twenty plus homer catchers, and I think Darno's one of them. Oh, he's up there on my board, too. I like him as well. And this, uh, I'll go ahead with the segue here. Very frustrating. I believe there were three or four teams that took two catchers in this league. 
I, I, I waited on it and I didn't understand. I look, I marked it. I'm like, well, tw- 11 catchers are off the board. So I'm just going to wait. Do people really think with four bench spots they can roster two catchers? No, but don't worry about it because it's it's not going to look good on your draft, whoever whatever scrub you have. But they'll drop those guys. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was literally the last one to it's, draft one, and I think it was the 17th or 18th catch off the board in the last round, and it was Yadier Molina. Yeah, he's garbage though. I mean, if you go in the year with him, you're going to have problems, but you won't because there's going to be someone who emerges or someone's going to drop one of those guys. It's Catcher's just not even a, a thing here. If you don't get one that you think is really plus, there's no point in drafting him. And I, and I even felt the 17th round was a little early to take my catcher. But I was like, all right, I really like this guy. I'll burn a 17th round pick on one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're probably right about Molina coming off thumb surgery. I mean, he could hit 300 and help there. Most catchers are total minus in the category. But I totally agree. There are going to be so many people yeah. dropping catchers early on. It, just as I said, you've got to come out of this draft with at least two closers. You don't even have to come out with any catcher. You could literally just not draft a catcher. Well, I literally was, I think there was the third to last pick of the entire draft. Yeah. Was, I mean, I would actually drop him and pick up a player to stash, you know, for now. That's what I would do if I were you. Um, but, you know, I don't need to give you any help. How much are we betting? 100 bucks on this or more? Oh, I want more. 200. Okay, done. 200. All right. But email me this because uh, I, I don't want to have a, uh, I don't want to have you have another rude surprise. Uh, when uh, we're talking about something next football season, yeah, and you realize down, you, you owe know, me another 200 you know. bucks. Yeah, I'll email you. Okay. So I went Jay Bruce later in this round, which is a totally agnostic pick. I don't like Jay Bruce whatsoever, but we're talking the end of round 17 now. I mean, maybe his average will continue to be in the 220s because of the shift, but, I mean, this is a guy who's still, what, 28 years old with some power. I don't know. What do you think of Jay Bruce? Uh, perfectly good pick. He, he could hit 35 home runs. He even runs a little bit. Um, and you're right. He could be Tashira last year. Didn't do that badly against the shift. Everyone thought he was going in that direction. It's a good pick round 17. All right. All right. There's some All actual right. upside. I mean, Bruce in that part could hit 40 home runs. It's not out of the question. At 20 so, years old. I mean, I, right. I mean, I didn't target him, but I mean, no, that's, a good, that's actually a good pick. Uh, I probably should have taken him over Trumbo. I needed a corner, but, uh, he's, I kind of like him as he's a better player. Then you got Garcia, who I really like in a regular league. In this league, not quite as much. I understand the case. Yeah, I get it. I, I mean, know. It, you know, at this point, it's no big deal. But I took Benoit because I think, you know, he's good enough just to put in your lineup. And he may end up closing. Uh, then I took Alex Colomay, who may be the closer for the I race. He's going to lead the lead the team in saves. I mean, <laughs> once you're out two months and you're not Craig Kimbrell or somebody that they know is just getting the job, all bets are off. If Colomay is lights out, there's no way they're going to force Boxberger back into that role. I, I, like I said, I think he's a lead. But it's not even a guarantee that it's him and not Danny Farquhar. I mean, that's the sure. other side of it. Okay, you took right. A-Rod. Uh, I mean, that's fine. I don't know. I, 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 want, I root for A-Rod. I hope A-Rod hits 35 home runs this year. I mean, he, he was sort of on that pace last year until he slowed down at the end. Did he get hurt and miss some time at the end of last year? Sort of on that pace. He hit 33 homers and 523 at-bats. Right. And then he got, what, he got hurt down the stretch or what happened? Or they just yeah, didn't he got play a little banged up, yeah. Okay. So that, that's perfectly fine. Then you got Tashira, the other flat look, tire. You know, you know how many homers Tashira hit last year? Tashira was on pace for 50 or so before he got hurt. Yeah, 31 homers and 392 yeah, at-bats. These, that's 64 homers in uh, 900 at-bats in rounds, what is this, 18 and 19? Yeah, but these guys are on life support, too. No, <laughs> sorry, 19 and 20. Yeah. No, it, th- I like Come the picks. On. I was looking at Tashira, and then I just kind of took Trumbo, but I may end up regretting that. I, 
I'm sorry. Those two picks are my favorite. Those two Yankees, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so how about this pick? I took Trevor Story. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I One thing I looked at my rankings, and I'm like, why do I still have Jose Reyes as like a 13th-ranked shortstop? Right. He went undrafted in this league, I think. So I buried him. I'm like, clearly everyone realizes this guy is going to be suspended for the year. You know, it's weird, or, though. He may get suspended for like one month. I think – Two months, maybe it's two months. I was reading something about how the collective bargaining agreement that they have some leeway to suspend him. I think up to two months, and more than that, it'll become a big fight. So that baseball may just give him the max to just get it over with, which is two months. Okay, but let's right. just say it is two months. First off, you know we don't know who Reyes is anymore, and right. obviously Reyes in Colorado would be like a ninth round pick at this point. But you know we don't know how good he is, and then two, he's not. I don't. He's not going to go in your DL. So I just don't know how you can carry a guy for two months. Like that, and Story's a legit prospect. If Story hits, the Rockies would give away Reyes. Give him away. They're a rebuilding team. Why would right. they want that PR hit? Right. So Reyes at sea level is probably nothing special. He'll still, say, you know, how is he better than Alcides Escobar at this point? And then uh, Story, even if if he did stay on the Rockies, if Reyes did, if Story hits, they're not going to push their prospect aside because you know some uh, abuser is now back who they don't need. You know, so the, I think Story just has a chance to. Take the job and keep it for the next, you know, five years. I like how we lost Calvin Johnson to retirement and Jose Reyes to domestic abuse in our League of Leagues teams. But I didn't um, we had Reyes. Shit. Yeah, we did. That sucks. All right. Well, that'll, that'll be another podcast. We have some moves we can make. And um, I was listening. To how, Pat, well, how are we doing in basketball right now? Pat Mayo and Jonah Carey had a two-part podcast talking all about it, and I got me fired up for the league. Um, we are still in first, and it's. Um, I think it's not really worth making a trade for a basketball player with just two weeks left. And um, the, 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 the categories were directly competing with Jonah, who's in second, are block steals and threes. Right. And I spent 99% of our budget on Matt Barnes. And the guy is terrible in field goal percentage, but he's getting all the run in the world for Memphis. And he averages like 1.5 steals, one blocks, and 1.5 threes. So I feel like that was a trade in and of itself. I benched Dwayne Wade for him because we don't need points. So I'm on it, the categories, and it's coming down to the wire and it's exciting. Nice. Good job. And also, Wade gets some blocks, though, by the way. Yeah, but I, I know. I'm, I'm, I, I've, I've been paying very close attention to the okay. games played per week and everything. And right. it's coming down to the wire. Worst comes to worst, we get second. But that's a twofold thing because we're competing with him. And um, but, we want to win the money, too. Exactly. You right. win extra money for winning the league. Right, right. All right, good. All right, keep it going. And then, uh, all right, let's go to round 21. We're almost done with this. Yeah. I took David Wright. I really oh, think he's being overval- undervalued. Uh, Overall, and I also think that this is the best format to have him because if he plays 130 games, I don't lose those 30 games. I just put someone else in for the 30 games. Well, way better than an only league or a weekly league. Agreed there. But my my argument back to you is: Is he going to be even like a great hitter when he is in the lineup? Well, he was pretty good last year when he played, and he it wasn't like another he was league done. of leagues member, by the way. What's that? Another league of leagues member we have, by All the right. way. Another flat tire. But you know, last year he went 289, 379, 434. Right in 152 at bats, and that includes some, you know, some at bats he got after he came back. I mean, a couple yeah, years ago, he had 307, 289 last year. I mean, this guy's how is he? 34. This is right. basically uh, a borderline Hall of Fame level talent at age 34, and he's got this back problem. But you know, I mean, at one point it looked like Chase Utley was his career was over six years ago. Carlos Beltran was done with the knee problems. They come back, and if they can get back, they're usually good. You know, most people don't realize this, and this is part of the reason I picked the Mets to win the World Series this year. First of all, they have obviously 
dominant pitching, which helps the postseason. But um, they scored the second most runs in the National League on the road two years ago and the most runs in the, um, in the National League on the road last year. That's very interesting. I, I, I would not have thought that. I know they have that big surge when Cespedes signed. Uh, and, you know, they didn't have right. They had a real scrub. I can't remember the guy's name. What's the guy's name who played third base? Like Eric, some, Eric Campbell or somebody was his name. Yeah, there was a Campbell, yeah. A scrub, a total scrub. You would have never thought that, though, right? I mean, you take away their home park, I mean, scoring runs on the road, that's pretty pretty crazy, right? right. And they did it missing, you know, one of their better hitters and only having Cespedes for two months of the year. Exactly. And now they have Conforto and um, what uh, uh, they signed um, – well, Neil, Wa- Neil Walker and Daniel Murphy is kind of a wash. So right, right. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And then, but Darno was hurt, too. Darno was hurt, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll be good. I just, I don't know, the Mets will figure out a way to blow it somehow. Um, Probably. Yeah. All so right, the so, Cubs, though. So the Cubs. Yeah. Well, no, the Cubs won't. The Cubs with Theo, I think, are a different different animal. You got Rodney. We don't have to go explain that. Um, that's just a Okay, pick. but you're saying how crazy how closers are valuable in this league. I mean, wow, that's pretty late, right? Well, it's a possession is nine-tenths of the law pick, right? I mean, it's he's kind of the closer for now, so it's worth he's it. He's terrible. Got, I'm not going to defend that pick. But round 20, end of round 21, I mean. No, it's fine. Perfect. I'm not, I mean, these picks, whatever. Most of these picks will not be on our teams. Oh, and you got Quackenbush? Yeah. Oh, come on. Next round? Yeah, I, I didn't even – I don't even care. I was like, I'm just – at this point, I could just have blanks at five spots and just get five – Closers and waiting and see if, you know, by the first couple of weeks they get the job because I took Souza over him. I should have taken Quackenbush. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really even care about Quackenbush. It could be uh, Drew Pomerantz. But, right. Right, right, right. And then you, then I took Javier Baez, who I love in this format, although he may be in the minors. But if he gets that super sub role and gets 450 at bats, I'll know when to play him and when not to. And he's, I think in a full season, he's a threat to go 2020. He goes 15-15, but in fewer games, again, it's just the pace. These daily leagues are totally different. You can't treat him like a, a regular league. If a guy goes 15-15 and 400 at-bats and you get him in whenever he's playing, that's like having a 22-22 guy, right? Or 15-15 plus you know, another 250 at-bats of somebody else. Right. It's like you, you want guys with huge splits. Hell, I might even bench David Ortiz against lefties in this league. Right? I mean, I mean you can, as we do more daily and we're more – attuned to like what's a good matchup and what you would do, you're going to end up doing stuff like that. Uh, Barron's took Paulson, which is a good uh, pick. Ben Paulson's a good pick in this league too because you can just play him against righties and cores, and that's it. Yeah, Nick Hundley last year in cores at like a 900 OPS. I had him last year, and he was good. The, the thing is, the only downside to this kind of thinking is that you can't have 12 guys like that, right? You need to have somebody to put in when those guys have bad matchups, and you don't have 50 players on your team, right? That, well, that's, 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 that's what I'm going to ask you next. I went with Lackey and then, um, and, and then panic. So I'm, I'm curious if you, uh, what, what do you like to load up on as far as those precious four bench spots? Well, I took Mabe in that round just because he's hurt. I wanted to put him on the DL and just get another player at the end. Okay. Right. I mean, you, you got to load up, you got to load up your DL at all times, right? You never want to waste your DL sure. slots. It's just extra sure. bench. And then, um, in round 25, um, I got Rusty Castillo. I mean, who knows? That guy was going to like the 12th round last year. Yeah, sure. Who knows? Right. You know, but I'm happy to cut him. You got Scott Casimir, who I actually don't mind there. His velocity has been down, but people are – he might be good. I mean, he was actually good in the American League for a season. I mean, he may be really good. 
And then the last round, I actually had to go, and I got auto-picked Jerko, who I like. But then I dropped him. I dropped him last night because I saw a tweet from Eno Saris that Peter O'Brien hit a baseball 119 miles an hour. The highest ever in StatCast. Right. So I thought, good enough for me. I always talk about how sample may be small, but if the magnitude of the sample is big, that matters to me, right? So it's like if, if a guy, you know, over two weeks hits four home runs, you know, he did great, but it's a small sample. It's not really a big deal. But if he hits... 15 home runs in two weeks, I'm in. I don't care how small the sample is, right? It's like, I don't know what's going on, but that just can't happen. If a guy, you know, we talked about the 18 strike. If a guy strikes out 20 in a game, it doesn't matter that it's one game, right? If a guy, you know, hits four home runs in a game, that's something to look at. So um, hitting the, the hardest hit ball ever is one at bat. To me, that means he must have a little bit of power. I had Peter O'Brien in my uh, labor team last year with catcher eligible, so um, I'm rooting for him. I, I like the guy. He puts up massive numbers in the minors. One thing I must mention before we go, your boy Julio Teheran went very late, what, late in the 24th round. One pick before Juan Nicasio. Yeah, I would way rather have Nicasio. I don't know. Oh, you took Tehran, who I— No, 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 I didn't. I'm just—no. Oh, no, oh, sorry, no, Roto World. Your name's next to it, but that's from the last round. Um yeah, I mean, there's no point in rostering Tehran in this unless he bumps up the strikeout rate significantly. I mean, his wins per nine are not going to be good on the Braves. Right, right. And then he's not a big strikeout guy. As I was telling Paul Spore, there is no upside for him, especially in this type of format. And I would, as I said, I would rather move to Tehran than roster Tehran. <laughs> yes, great joke. So, so real quick, so what is your strategy as far as bench spot? Because I actually did uh, go with two starters just because I kind of liked Lackey and Casimir, but I could see the strategy. I think Jeff Erickson went with just like four starters, and he's like, I'm just going to stream the rest. You know, do you want to maximize your offensive? Because there's 162 limit. That's tough to reach even with, you know, I mean, there's going to be guys benched and hurt all throughout the year. So what is your strategy as far as the four bench spots? Yeah, you know, I probably should have thought it through a little more, and I may have to drop Quackenbush, column A, um, depending, you know, if they get the job, obviously that's I'll keep them in there. But at least Darvish will go. I have two guys that go to DL, and I'm going to make those both hitters. I'm going to put Darvish and Maven on the DL and pick up two more hitters because I have a lot of pitching. And you really want to be able to stream and play daily fantasy with the hitters in this format. So, you know, Billy Hamilton against a lefty, maybe I sit him. Um, obviously, a lot of my guys like Baez is not going to play necessarily very much. I need to have a full-time guy, whether it's Jerko or somebody else that I pick up. Trevor's story, i got to see you know, what his status is. But you really want to have about four or five bench bats that you can optimize your, your hitting with. And then the pitching, you, know, you can use the waiver wire as your bench because starters don't play every day, right? You can just pick them up as needed. And you may have to do it in advance a couple of days. The problem for me is I have too many aces. I've got Sale, <laughs> Bumgarner, Archer, Lester, eventually Darvish, and Maeda. That actually is a – people, people – Misuse this all the time. That actually was a humble brag. No, but it wasn't though because because I Jeff may be better off with just four pitchers and having those spots flexible. I don't really want to drop my Ada though. I will if I have to. But it's my thirteenth round pick, but I might have to because I just don't have the roster room to get the bats I need in and out of the lineup. Right. Right. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think when you have a strategy of going pitching heavy, you need at least four or five bench bats to to make sure that you're getting maxing out those games and optimizing your you know, the games that your guys do play. I actually admit that I, I actually really like your team, but I really like mine as well. So let's, let's do this. Let's do 200 straight up. Right. And if one of us wins uh, 250. 
Okay, that's that's really uh, a very small bonus for winning it. Yeah, but I mean, it's better than nothing. We were just going to go the two hundred. Right, so okay, fine, two fifty. Right? Fine. All right. I mean, Fair I would, enough. Or do you want to go more? Well, no. I mean, I'm more like you know, a hundred and then five hundred if one of us wins. Right, like a hundred each on the league, and five hundred if somebody wins the league. But I'll do two hundred and two fifty. That's fine. Okay. Let's what do, what do you prefer, the two hundred two fifty? And yeah, let's do two hundred two fifty. Yeah. Okay, because. To me, winning is like such a big deal. I mean, being better than somebody, sixth place versus seventh, is really very meaningless. But winning the league—that's you know—that's that's a you know, that's big. Uh, you want to? All right, you want to go two hundred and then bigger if someone wins. All right, two hundred five hundred. Wow. Okay, I'm done. Done. Okay, two hundred five hundred. This is gonna be serious. I gotta. Now we're not gonna be able to trade with each other though. That's Suddenly, y'all, friends and family, means more to me than it ever has. <laughs> the problem is, I'm moving to Berlin this summer, and so there's gonna be like two weeks where my lineups are getting really, you know, neglected. That's that's kind of an issue. I like the excuses. Didn't it didn't take ten? No, no, I, I wouldn't bet with P, I wouldn't bet with Pinau because uh, I, I did end up betting with Pinau on just whoever won. But I just Pinau is like gonna finish minimum. Actually, I, he didn't do very well last year, but he usually finishes minimum like fourth because he's so all over it. So that if you just right. go a straight up bet with him, it's not great. But if you have to, especially with his strategy where he's punting some stuff, but if it's just to win it, I'm fine with it. So, All right, 200, 500. 200, 500. This is a big bet. Yeah, that's, it's, it's the I'm biggest. I'm going to sabotage. If you start winning this league and my team's not good, I'm going to just gift some players to your uh, competitors. Oh, no, none of that. None <laughs> of that. Come on. They won't, they won't green light that. Don't worry. Anyway, I'm going to win it. I was like an inch from winning it last year. So I'm the favorite for sure. As usual. As usual. All right, man. Well, uh, good stuff. We'll resume next week. And uh, keep it up in League of Leagues, man. I, I'm, I'm encouraged to hear how well we're doing. Yeah, I know. But he, and, it's crazy how close he is in, in so many categories, which is obviously twofold. You know, if he passes us, we lose a point and he right. gains a point. So it's coming down to the wire. It's, it, I, it's the league that I'm paying the most attention to right now on hoops. All right, good. At least you're uh, taking it seriously. And by the way, feel the burn, man. He, he did well last night. All right, yeah, all right. So they're I'm feeling the burn. Hope. Here's the thing. I'll just say one last thing. She won Arizona, but not by that much, and I think that may be the last state she ever wins. Wow. And so what you're going to have is if he's winning, like, the last 15 states, and this is what Nate Silver said. He said there's a very good chance that she does not have enough delegates to go over the top, and the super delegates are going to have to decide that, it's gonna, that neither one is going to get the delegates, even if she's winning. He obviously thinks she's going to be ahead, like, you know, a couple hundred delegates right, or whatever. Right, right. But, or he'll, he'll close the gap. He doesn't think she, he's going to close the gap enough by the end. But there's a very good chance that even if he doesn't close the gap, neither one has enough delegates without the superdelegates. And then, and then the shit is kind of on because, you know, it's sort of like the establishment who already had it in the tank for her and the way they scheduled the debates and the way they front-loaded the South and the way – you know, the media hasn't covered it in the way the Comcast has given money to Hillary and they're hosting the debates and Time Warner with CNN is hosting the debates and they gave money to her. And it's, you know, they've been cheating them all along. The DNC is in the tank for Hillary. And then in the end, it's going to have to be the establishment de- superdelegates making the decision. It's very likely that that happens. And you're confident that would result in what? I mean, I, they would probably go for her, but it would be interesting if she hadn't won a state in a month two months, right, right. you know, and you know, she's already like assuming she's winning. So she's tacking to the center and doing all this right wing stuff and kind of throwing all the left wing stuff under the bus. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think it's, I think it's far from over. All right. Interesting. All right. Good to hear. All right, man. We will, we will pick it up next week. Take it easy. All right. All right. Later, Liz.
This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now, special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD, FanDuel.com, or every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. Thanks for listening. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.